0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So, Derek, we went to the Ontario Winter Camping
1: Symposium. What a fantastic time. We had a blast. That was It was an amazing event, inaugural event. It went yep. off It went off like clockwork. It was amazing. There was so much support for it. There's so many people there. There was over 300 people. Yes.
0: In the Waterloo yeah. Theatre of the Arts at the uh, University of Waterloo. Yeah, right on the... Uh... Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, it was a bit... Uh, bit uh, finicky to find it to begin with, but once we got our bearings, I think that was just us being... Yeah, it was easier to find it again after lunch than yeah. it was <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> at the kebab hut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody went for lunch at Harvey's, but I didn't feel like standing in a line of 50 people to get a yeah. burger. So we just went next door and there was nobody in the kebab hut. You guys were the only one there when we I We were the in. only ones in there. And a couple of people walked by, they were looking and we waved and they all came in. We ta- texted you and yeah. uh, you guys came over and... All of a sudden, the kebab hut was pretty packed. Yeah. <laughs> Figure we would have got a free kebab out of the deal. You'd think. I just like saying kebab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, was, it was a good, good event. Um, David Bain, who puts on the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium every uh, April, uh, a bunch of them got together, I guess, and he sort of spearheaded it. And um, he uh, got that going, and it turned out pretty well. You know, so this is, everybody seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I oh, definitely, yeah. I got to think it's going to happen again next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. absolutely. Like, you know what? He, it came off so well and, uh, it was, it was such a hit right out, right out of the gate that, uh, I, I definitely want to go back again.
0: Uh, just got to say, sorry for that bit of little drivel going on there, but uh, we're I hearing this noise. <laughs> My cat is sitting on a chair behind me snoring. Yes. <laughs> so, he didn't like it when you threw the book at him. Well. But he's back asleep again. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He's, there's he's uh, got a mental issue. <laughs> a vet has even told us. Yeah. He's got a mental issue. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Ontario Winter Camping Symposium, the presentations were, were really good. Uh, Three notable people there. David Lee, the passionate paddler. Yes. Kevin Callan, who's always a hit. And Jim Baird was there. Yes. Now, um, Jim Baird, I got got to bring this up. There's a story about, he was was talking about his crossing with his dog Buck, the Ungava Peninsula, that they did. Yes,
1: and we heard this story from him when we were at last year, or in the spring, the Kitchener Waterloo Canoe Symposium. Right. And he had mentioned it in
0: Passing. In passing. And there was one point of this that he sort of looked around to make sure no one was listening and he told us a little story about him and his dog, Buck. Um, something that he found out he thought was funny to begin with from another one of his buddies that uh, dog, races in yeah. dogs like and did in the idea of and stuff rod and like whatever. that. In extreme and cold. Uh, his buddy made a comment and Jim thought it was funny, but then sure enough, it, it happened. So he sort of wasn't well known and we've made fun of him about it a couple of times, and but he actually brought it up. I'm not going to spill the beans on what this what the subject was about. Yeah. but uh, I, I couldn't believe he was saying it to me. And he, Matt Olson, and I were like looking at each other, <laughs> like, "Oh my
1: God, I can't believe he's saying this! so loud!" He stitched it into a story really well. And yeah. he's his he, it's his a, his presentation style and his speaking style is really it's very he's very engaging.
0: Yeah, really well done. Really well done. I uh, enjoyed it. Every, all the speakers were... Oh, they were all fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And now we all know We all know about uh, Crown Land Camping too. Yes. Yeah, how to find yes. it. That's that's Martin cool. Pine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sponsors, gear, clothing, uh, winter tents, sleds. It was an
1: amazing or, event.
0: Toboggans, sleds, toboggans. Either way. Yeah, either I way. I think either one was. Yeah. Um, some pretty good deals to be had there. And uh, yeah, so beforehand you go out, check everybody out, buy some stuff. I actually was uh, first in line to get Kevin Callen's new book signed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I turned around. His books were there. I picked one up, turned around to pay for it, turned back. He was there, threw it at not Sign this, Kevin. <laughs> then I paid and for it. And what did he call you? Darren. <laughs> he
1: thought you were me. He's
0: done that to us before, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. 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 And then yeah.
1: when I got him to sign my book, he uh, spelled my name wrong. He spelled your name wrong. Did yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, Darren? No. He spelled D E R R I C K. Who spells it like that? Actually, one of the guys I work with.
0: (laughs) Derrick. That's
1: the wrong way to (laughs) spell it. That's Derrick you're talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Kevin's a great guy. He probably did it to you on purpose. I
1: should white it out and get him to write it it. correctly. Rip the page out. (laughs) Resign this place.
0: Uh, But no, you know what? Yeah, lots of stuff to be bought. I did buy a couple of things. I think you bought a few things. Oh, you bought those for mancamping.ca.
1: Oh, yes. They were The there. drink mixes. Yeah, you yes. bought
0: the drink mixes. Yeah, four for four ten four bucks for or ten something bucks. like that. There are,
1: uh, so there's uh, uh, a, pa- a package of Caesars, a package of Margaritas, and a package of traditional drinks. I think it's called traditional style drinks, and it's recommended mixing with bourbon. Ooh, so it's because uh, I always have that on the back country. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. And uh, I, from Lure of the North, I got some. Uh, I've been meaning to do. I've seen a lure of the north video about uh, snowshoe bindings. Yep. where the uh, the it's almost like a lampwick, but it's a, it's a, it's a canvas strap, like okay. a wide canvas strap, like a tie down type thing. But it's lampwick, and what they do is they use this lampwick to uh, to do this weird wrap and tie, so you can easily just flip your foot into this this loop and you're in the snowshoe
0: oh oh okay okay yeah i i didn't realize what the material was yeah it was like a lamp wick yeah yeah okay I so you got some of those
1: yes i saw so i bought it i bought two pairs of those oh, really? so i'm gonna do up all my snowshoes because all my I, I buy these cheap ones from canadian tire and uh so all these these cheap uh these cheap snowshoe bindings i always rip out this like really crappy cheap leather or something yeah. right or plastic yeah. that breaks in the cold so i've been looking for a way to replace them to something that's gonna do what i want them to do and uh i think i saw this lower the north video like five years ago and i've been meaning to f- figure out how to do them right anyways he showed me at the show he took the time and showed me how to type the bindings and i'm excited now I'm, i can't mm-hmm. wait for snow so i can try these new bindings I have to give them a whirl yeah i mean what mm-hmm. you got to lose right
0: yeah So,
1: well, I, I, what I have to lose is all the old crappy bindings that are all broken.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you didn't go back and buy any of those flashlights.
1: I already had one of those flashlights. (sighs) There were so many more though. Yes, I know. <laughs>
0: I mean, you're like a kid in a candy store He's when it making comes to fun flashlights. fun of me because
1: I have a fetish for flashlights. Flashlight fetish. <laughs> Derek's flashlight fetish. I have a lot of flashlights, but I lose them all the time. So that's why I have so many. This is my flashlight. <laughs> Look at my flashlight. <laughs> this is my flashlight. There this are many like them. <laughs> this is my flashlight. This is my flashlight. There are many like them, but this is mine. <laughs> I named it Loretta. Well. <laughs> uh,
0: uh met lots of people there that we did know uh i mean yeah i mean it was a big social event yeah you well. got
1: together with a it's like a it, it's becoming an extended family type thing this yeah paddling community and and so it what's it what's amazing is like we've seen quite a few of these uh, the people that we paddle with like uh, uh martin garster and uh, david lee and stuff like that but you don't often think of them as four season outdoors people. Mm-hmm. And so when you see the extent that all of these people are spending their four seasons, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's more than just a paddling community. It's an outdoor community. It's a total outdoors yes. community. Yeah. And so a lot of these people are deep into the winter and summer aspects of the outdoors.
0: Well, and that's what we said. What happens when the lakes freeze? And you can't go canoeing anymore. Exactly. What do you do? Yeah. Well, a lot of them take up things like
1: like winter camping. Yeah, exactly. Because you're still into the camping. Yeah, you still enjoy the camping. Because really, it gets down to the core of it is to be outside camping, enjoying mm-hmm. it. And it, it, that's really what it uh, kind of renders down to. It's like just getting out there. We get out yeah. there type thing, right?
0: Yep. Um, and not only, and this is the big part for me that I took away from the weekend is not only did we get together and chat with people that we know. Yeah. And we've met many times. We were actually recognized by people that we had no clue who they were, except for, you know, sending emails or messages yeah. online. So what
1: was the gentleman's name when we came Michael up? Tracker. Michael Tracker. So I was, we were walking up the steps to the theater and some guy opened the door and held the door open for me. And I'm thinking, hey, thank you. And he looks at me, you're Derek right, from Paddling Adventures Radio. And I'm like freaking out because like, who is this guy? How does he know my name? Do I owe him money. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of cool to be, to be recognized.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even at the end of the day there, uh, I went, I went in to look um, for somebody to make sure that, see if they'd left yet. Cause we, we got our new canoe polling poles. Yes. From Bill Spitz.
1: Yes. They're in your garage right now. They're in
0: my garage right now. Don't sell uh, them on me. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were, we were there. We got those. And when I went in to look to, to see uh, somebody else was there to go back before we had to go out and get those from his car and put them on the truck, um, there was a gentleman coming up the stairs. And he goes, Sean, Paddling Adventures Radio? And I'm like, yeah. Do I owe <laughs> <Who's>, you money? <laughs> who's asking? <laughs> um, and he says, you know what? We just We just got into canoeing this past year. We were going to do a whole bunch of research uh, and hopefully go on a canoe trip next year. We found your show, Paddling Adventures Radio, and listening to them and catching up on them all. And we ended up on Kijiji finding a, a canoe for like 200 bucks. And we actually started canoe tripping this year, Huh. which is really cool. Yeah. You know, so, you, you know, like people that you you don't even know are coming up and they recognize yes. recognized us and, and talking about our show and how much they enjoy it and keep doing what we're doing and that sort of, so we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and that, so that's really cool. The fact that people come up to us and yes, and are willing to yeah. talk to us and stuff like that. Cause yeah. you know, most people don't like
1: to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this, uh, this, this thing that we've created, it's uh it's, it's a hobby. It's, we do it. I get a lot of fun and enjoyment out of it. And yeah, at first I was thinking, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I got not really much spare time, but it'll be fun to do this, right? But now it's becoming kind of bigger than I thought it would be. And but I'm like, I'm enjoying it so much, it's a lot of fun. Well, considering this is our 95th show, <laughs> we've almost been doing this two yeah. years, right? So, and, and, yeah, almost. And, and people keep telling us that we're doing something, right? People enjoy yeah. it,
0: so. so I don't know what, yeah. We I just get on here and blab, yeah. i just blathering yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and when we went, we actually, it was nice to be able to carpool, speaking of meeting other people. Yes. Yes. Um, we picked up our local map guru.
1: Yeah. Jeff McMurtry. Jeff McMurtry. And one thing that kind of stuck in my mind when, uh, when we picked him up and, uh, I hadn't, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Jeff in over a year, but, uh, anyways, he hops in and the first thing I can smell is like, whoa, camp smoke. And he says, Yeah, I just got back from camping a couple of days ago, like no, a week no, ago. Hey? What's that? <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's just, uh, that smell resonates with you, right? It's one, like one of those things. It's uh, you unpack a, like a, a camping clothes or something that you haven't used in six months. You pull it out. It's like, Hey, I smell a faint smell of camp smoke, right? Hey, hey I forgot to wash that. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but often it's like you pull a tarp out yeah you, know, you unload a tarp that, that has been yeah. open in a while and you, just and you got that smell that, that and... the camp smoke so it's it's one of those things it's uh it's like that melancholy feeling it's like the, there's uh what is it they say there's nothing more stronger for memory recovery memory recollection is uh is uh smells Mm -hmm. and it it comes down to like uh the smell of a pine tree or camp smoke or this like certain type of food
0: or something certain
1: foods like uh the ocean salt water in the ocean and the, the smell of uh of you know that lightly decomposing shoreline of algae and fish and whatever it's like oh the ocean type thing right yeah, So it brings back a lot of really good memories and, and uh, it just kind of gets you thinking, you know, like you, you, you think to yourself, you, you uh, when you smell that, you think to yourself, wow, I'm kind of stuck in a rut. I'm, you know, it's, it's that melancholy remembrance recovery. Yeah. Exactly. Of... I mean,
0: you're going through your day to day life yeah. and you're just sort of routine day yeah. in, day out. Soul and sucking all, job. Yeah. and <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then you're, you're sitting there and all of a sudden you get that whiff and you're going, oh, Man, yeah. I remember when. Yeah. And that just brings me back and
1: and it reminded me of a I don't know if it was a meme or an article or something I had read uh like a year ago or so and I looked for it again and I'd be preparing for the show and I couldn't find it. But it, it it they talked about uh how life gets busy and how, you know, like do you are you not camping now because your life gets busy you know that you have a wife kids your mortgage soul-sucking job and and stuff like that or it, it do they and like you were saying earlier is that, is that an excuse that you make up
0: yeah i mean that that's a big thing is you look back at what you used to do and i've heard this this sort of thing before is you look back you know 20 30 years ago when you were in high school when you were in college young adult early 20s all the stuff you used to do. Yeah. Like I used to go camping. I used to go canoeing. I used to go rock climbing. I used to go motorcycle uh, trips and all that sort of stuff. And then you get the family. You get yeah. the house. Yeah. You get the cars, the wife, not in that particular order, you know. And all of a sudden you've got this whole family, all these different these time responsibilities and time yeah. commitments and stuff like that. And you don't do all that stuff. And there's it comes a point, which if you want to put a term to it, midlife crisis, uh, you know, whatever.
1: And you know, I I think that's a a, little smell, something like
0: a smoke. Yeah. Camp smoke. All of a sudden said, Oh, I remember when I was like in, in, in college, I was 22. Yeah. And we went on this canoe trip trip and and just every night we would sit around and we'd joke about, you know, things and talk about nothing. Look at the stars, smell the campfire and, Oh, I miss those days. And now I've got all this stuff and I wish I was young again. And, and it's sort, of, it's sort of like you've, for, I don't know, left your soul back then. Yes. And you need something yes. to revive that, to revive your soul, to, to bring you back to the way you felt 30 years ago. I know. But my take on it is sort of like, as, as you mentioned, I'd said earlier, is family just an excuse? Mm-hmm. Because for a while... And I fell into this is okay, well, I got to get home. I got to get the kids dinner, get them, pick them up from the sitters, yeah. get them dinner, get them bathed, get them to exactly. bed. Then it's too late because I'm so tired. Da, da, da. It is time consuming. It is. But there comes a point where you're not doing all that anymore, but you've gotten yourself into that routine. Yep. And you've got to get
1: yourself out of it. Get yourself out of that soul crushing routine. No
0: self-help do-it-yourself book is going to do that for you. Absolutely not.
1: You have to reach deep
0: down inside yourself and you know what say screw this. I am going to get out there more. I'm I'm going to get out there. Yeah. And when it comes to camping and stuff like that which we do the canoeing the camping all that sort of stuff make the family a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because they'll they'll enjoy it probably just as much as you do if not more
1: yeah exactly and it's just that it's the teaching the de- next generation how to love camping and and I, I see that now like with uh beckett my four-year-old and stella my seven-year-old like both of them like it amazes me with beckett he's four years old and he constantly asking me about camping now mm-hmm. like he loves camping winter yeah. or summer we've like been I've taken had our both. guys since they were yeah. small they've always enjoyed and it so the beckett's always that's camping you know and so and it's it also brings to mind another another aspect of it and and it comes down to uh i'm starting i am I'm, I'm turning it back around again, but I started to become a bit of a gear hit mm-hmm. I just oh this new thing or that new thing and and it reminds me of like of of the direction I shouldn't be going in and you you uh you remember difficult trips you remember Times that you've gone into the backwoods, backcountry, maybe you lost a portion of your food or this. That you don't remember all the new fancy gadgets. You don't remember the Mm -hmm. all the fancy crap that you buy nowadays and all the fancy chairs and stoves. You remember the moments around the campfire. The like I remember uh, way back when on Booth Lake Algonquin Adventures, we all gathered together and and sat around the campfire, and I remember that clearly. And but I don't remember any of the new gear things that.
0: that you bought. Yeah. yeah. You don't remember that stuff. Those are secondary. So
1: I'm, I'm, I have to unload the gear. I have to start going back to the basics is what I've decided I need to start doing and, and just getting back into enjoying the cooking and eating and camping and fishing and back to the basics, back to the basics. yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I've always said is, you know,
0: everybody starts gearing themselves. When you first start out, you get all this gear. Yeah. The heaviest canoe you can find, the, the <laughs> heaviest stoves, you know, because yeah. it's all cheap. <laughs> yeah. And when you, as you move on, yeah. you evolve into lighter weight stuff. So, and then you sort of go,
1: you, you, go you channel far. yourself <laughs> into
0: all the lightweight, minimalistic yes. stuff. Well, I'm saying pull back from that. You yes. don't need all the lightweight, minimalistic stuff. Enjoy taking those little luxury items with you.
1: A few luxury items, but yeah. just your basic gear. And that's yeah. what it comes down to. You need comfort. You need to stay warm and dry, but you don't need the that fantastic $500 rain jacket or whatever, you know, that glow-in-the-dark one we saw. Yeah. That we talked about <laughs> in the previous episode. Oh,
0: yeah. And I had made the point. I would love to have that because I could think of so many uses to freak people out with that glow-in-the-dark <laughs> jacket. But for 300 bucks... Yeah. No practical joke is worth 300 bucks <laughs> unless, you know, I'm mailing, my name's Bill Gates. Yeah, and unless just, somebody's buying it I wipe it for my you. ass with 300 bucks, exactly. right? <laughs> but you evolve over time. So the fact that you have the wife, kids, mortgage, car, career, all that problem, if you want to call it a problem, isn't a problem. You've <laughs> evolved. It's not the fact that you, you can no longer do what you wanted to do back when you are 20. Yeah. You're not, you know, you haven't lost your soul for all of this stuff. It's still there. Yeah. You've just gotten away from it. You know, you've
1: evolved. You added things to your life. You're 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 changing. Exactly, yeah. With the time. And your your perception of, of fun and enjoyment has changed. your And your ability to enjoy things the old way are gone. Like, yeah, like, you know, it's like one of those things, if you are used to a certain level of comfort and you step it up and get used to a new level of comfort, like, I, I used to drive the very basic of, of vehicles. I had yep. a old Dodge Colt, and uh, now I've, you know, I've bought a few cars, I've got a few bells and whistles, and I cannot imagine going back to a basic vehicle again. Oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I've...
0: How I, my new truck for three years now. Yeah, I've actually had power windows and door locks.
1: Could you see yourself going back to like a basic four cylinder engine? no. <laughs> <laughs> 120 horsepower. <laughs>
0: oh, just call me the Flintstones. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? You you've got to figure this stuff out yourself to get you, you yourself out of this rut. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stuff that you see people talking about. And I mean, we get together. But, oh, I used to do this. I wish I could do that again. So do it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Do it. What's stopping you? The only exactly. thing stopping you is you. You know, and you've got all these, these factors, all these things that have evolved with you over the last, and I'm just using this example, 30 years. Yes. There's no way that, or no reason you can't do that stuff that you did 20 years ago. Start doing this stuff that you enjoyed. Include the family, because like I say, they may enjoy it as much as you do or even more. You know, rekindle your youth with friends and family. Like, mm-hmm. call up your old buddies you used to do that stuff with, or find new buddies saying, "You know what? I used to do this when I was 25. Let's go
1: give it a whirl." Yeah. why not? But then there's, then, of course, there's the practical side of myself that says not to sure myself, him. "Back in the day, I would go off and uh, fly out west or fly somewhere, visit friends, surf on a couch." go skiing and, and do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, I can't surf a couch. I've got a wife and two children. <laughs> I now have to buy what, they four be airplane too? tickets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everything's so much more expensive. Everything's more expensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you know what? Like I say, you, you talk about reviving your soul. Yes. You know, what, what to, you seem to, you think you've lost over the years. And the fact, I think it's still there. You've just turned it in another direction. And then it's your job to recognize what you've lost or what you think you've lost and get back into it. Yes. There's no reason you can't turn time back and, I mean, yeah, you're going to be older. You're not going to be able to do what you did when you were 25. No. To that extent. Exactly. But there's no reason you can't try. Yeah. Similar.
1: Similar adventures, similar times, similar experiences and then just more people to share it with more people
0: to share it with more and you've got the money now to do it yes right because yeah. <laughs> you didn't have that money to buy that no. stuff when you were you know like you know i'm into the i'm into the rock climbing so i'm gonna go out like yeah. rattlesnake point out uh west of toronto or something like mm-hmm. that right well now because you, you, you i used to collect these uh videos and magazines i used to get off rock climbing magazines okay. and you know, you see places down in the southern states and Uh-oh. you see pe- places over in France yes. and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. oh, I'll go there one day, go one there one day. And you never do because yeah. time moves on and you get out of that and... What not, but now I can afford a plane ticket to yeah. France. I'm going.
1: <laughs> Back in the day, splurging was, uh, oh, do I have ramen noodles for supper? More no, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to get craft dinner. <laughs> All right. Are we having cam ham or are we having wieners?
0: <laughs> spam. All right. Spam, spam, spam. Um, which I'm finding spam, by the way, just as a little side note. Yeah. Did you like spam? I love spam. There are so many people that have such an aversion to
1: spam. Well, it's because they don't prepare it right.
0: Well, they just don't like it, right? It, yeah. it, like, it, I just There's imagine so just many imagine ways eating spam
1: right out of the can. Cold. Oh, I do. Well, I don't prefer that. What I prefer is like deep fried in butter or something. Yeah, fried and, spam, and you or... get that crusty edge on it. Yeah, oh, <sighs> so good. Cut it up in little chunks and put it in with beans. Yeah. And heat it all up. Cut it in French like French fry like sticks and fry it up like that.
0: Yeah or just slice it put it on bread with margarine and mayonnaise yeah, yeah. some lettuce or mustard
1: bread cooked mm. up in in butter on the on a pan and then spam on it so like a grilled cheese grilled like cheese i guess spam and grilled, grilled cheese sandwich
0: grilled cheese spam sandwich <laughs> oh yeah good stuff yeah i just and now when you go to the states they got like 40, 40 50 yeah, different flavors. that's crazy. We don't have that here. Jalapeno Spam, black pepper Spam, bacon Spam,
1: Spam, Spam with Spam and Spam. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked about Spam there a while back, I was looking at it and uh, I guess the the army used to get it in 45-gallon drums yeah. and, and the camp cooks used to just scoop it out of the big 45-gallon drum. <laughs> Right on your plate, baby. Uh, go on. Oh, yeah, the
0: good stuff. Oh, Give me a spoon. <laughs>
1: spoon and a little tub of mustard to dip oh, it in. Oh, man. Oh, good times. Anyway, just, we, <laughs> just to bring this full circle, though, it's this all started out from me smelling camp smoke when Jeffrey got yep. into the truck. And and you say,
0: like, one little thing can trigger yeah. your memories from way back, and you can get there again.
1: Yes, you Absolutely.
0: Can. Let's take a quick break. And we'll come right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Welcome back. Uh, Derek, I've been talking a few people about canoes and canoe tripping for next year already. You have? <laughs> I have. Tis the season to be planning for next year. A um, couple of the trips that we've talked about, we've we've sort of hedged on going back to a couple of places, some new places. One of the places that we went to uh, required bushwhacking.
1: Ah, yes. The have you time ever
0: done a canoe trip specifically with bushwhacking involved
1: um, probably not as much as David Lee but well I'm... David
0: Lee goes he doesn't go on canoe trips he goes on portage trips. <laughs> <laughs> interspace with with little puddles of water.
1: I'm sure he does it on purpose <laughs> no. I, 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 I meant to talk to him last time I saw him about that. I meant to talk to him about, about his method of route finding and, and trip planning. But uh, because I want to know what not to do, right? So, well, <laughs> well he but then keeps again, saying that it sounds like he has some amazing trips.
0: His comment was, I got to get you and Derek out on a canoe trip. Yes. And I said, Yeah, we'll talk. And I walked away. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of scared. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it just happens. I don't, yeah. I don't think he really does. Happens, happens a lot. It. But <laughs> it happens more than an average
1: person, but yeah. I'm
0: still putting it down to it just happens.
1: But yes, I have done bushwhacking trips on purpose. There's a, there's a couple of times where I've done, gone and done like specifically planned ahead of time, like months in the planning, done a bushwhacking trip. And so it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like it's, I don't know, it's not for everybody.
0: No, I've talked to people that have done trips. I, I haven't met anybody that specifically goes out and says, you know what? these roots aren't, these aren't roots. There's a lake, there's a lake, there's a lake. Let's see if we can find our own way (laughs) through all those lakes and hopefully make it back, which would be a pure bushwhacking trip. Now you got to think of when you're bushwhacking, you've got all your gear. Yes. You've got your canoe and you've got to go from lake to lake. It's not easy. And you don't know the terrain you're coming up. I mean, you'll get a topographical map of course, but you don't know what you're going to come up against Mm -hmm. in the way of, Trees, you know, oh, they could be so so packed so close together, you're not getting a canoe through.
1: I've done it where I've been breaking through like uh, like uh, raspberry bushes and oh, and dragging yes. the canoe behind me, and the canoe's practically floating on the raspberry bushes and. I've done it where I've been either lead or I've been the canoe carrier and the other person is walking in front saying, okay, come this way or turn here. You, you got to turn here or else you're there. there's going to be trees that will prevent you from turning down there. and So it's almost like a two-man job trying to bushwhack between all these trees, right? And you're trying to do as little damage as possible. You don't want to just, like, like a bull moose crash into the trees, right? Yeah, there's no sense doing
0: that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh... My experience with raspberry bushes, bushwhacking through those, is uh, old logging roads. Yes. That are like ancient logging roads that are all overgrown, right? And they've turned into, uh, yeah, just the the giant raspberry bush parade. And you're trying to get your canoe and your gear and everything through that. And you're, especially in the summer when you got the shorts on.
1: Well, I wouldn't go through them with shorts on. Yeah, well, I
0: (laughs) kind of didn't have a a choice. Um, And you're taking those extra big steps and trying to. Push everything down and (laughs) what a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another problem you you have with bushwhacking ones is uh, trips is there is no marked trail to follow. So you need to know how to use map and compass or have a good GPS. Exactly. uh, With a good um, reception.
1: Yes, and often that gets interrupted with the deep tree cover and stuff like that. But what's the uh, I was telling you about my route earlier. What is it what is it? I keep calling it Ostawagon, but it's Oh, uh
0: Nastagin. Nastagin. So,
1: a couple years back, a friend of mine, Pietarian, we uh he he was he wanted to check out these old Nastagin trip routes and uh so up in uh so Lady Evelyn Shearwater... Tamagami. Uh, area. Yeah, Tamiskaming. Timiskaming. So there's a lot of in the the it's the na- it's the native name for uh, water routes.
0: Route to travel, yeah. Yeah.
1: So we we uh, we wanted to find some of these old routes. He I think he uh, I think he must have read something in Kevin Callan's books or something, and so and then he found stuff on Ottertooth. Ottertooth is a really good website if you want to know about northern routes through Tamagami area. Uh, so you just go like Ottertooth.com. But anyways. We wanted to hunt out some of these little known and remote routes. And like one of the biggest things is uh, if you want to, well, okay, well, in Tamagami area, it's very low traveled. So uh, we usually go every fall and we never run into anybody. Mm-hmm. It's very, there's not too many people go on some of these Northern routes, right? No. But for the most part, I think what people are looking for on these bushwhacking routes is just to get further away from other people, quiet, Yeah. private. You don't have a lot of interruptions. You don't have a lot of foot traffic. And, you know, it's not like you're going to come up to a portage and there's like, you know, 20 kids with, uh, you know, 10 canoes and they're all, all over the place having lunch on the entry to the portage there, and, done that. and you got to kind of step and squeeze between canoes and they're looking at you like, Oh, what's this guy doing? This is our portage. You want to get off the beaten track. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I've been on, on the couple of trips and not very well traveled. And I mean, these are farther north as well. So it doesn't see very much, um, traffic at all, but you, you know where the, the portages are. They're usually marked, uh, with a little pile of stones, like a little cairn or something, right? Stones. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you find that and then you're cruising down, you can see where the path was And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Yes. And you're just standing there going, Uh okay. So you backtrack. It's like, okay, where where did I last see the trail? And if you're not finding it, you know where I mean your maps will show you where the next lake yes. is and you've got to find your way through the bush. Yes. Find sometimes you meet up with the trail again and sometimes yep. you just don't it, you find the lake. Exactly.
1: And sometimes what it is is like a lot of the areas where portages go, they, they channel people in. So that's where it's most beaten. And then if it opens up, that's where you lose the trail. Mm-hmm. And and usually on the other side of a clearing or the other side of a like if the if the forest is open like a hardwood forest, sometimes it's harder to find the, the what it would be a typical trail but in a evergreen type forest it's easy because it channels people through so it's easier to find a route right or if a route's grown over you may lose it yeah so it's, and that's
0: that's usually what happens to me is it just gets grown over yes. and it, or it's you know you're trying to get to some of the unmaintained especially in Algonquin you get the unmaintained portages yes so you're yes. hoping there's stuff there and you're not um running into down trees and
1: I think they're Rich. and with with Algonquin being as popular as it is now the a lot of these unmaintained routes are are still well traveled.
0: Yeah, they they show up on the maps as unmaintained. Yeah, a black route. Yeah, but uh, I think there's still there's still people enough people going yeah. through.
1: And like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I was traveling in Algonquin it was you do a route, and you, if you had an unmaintained portage, it was unmaintained. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I can't get through this. Like, they, they don't clear the trees, nothing. But nowadays, an unmaintained portage, people just clear it. Like, it's, it's not about rangers and stuff like that. People just get out there and, and clear it up for, for the rangers and stuff. So it's, what's interesting is that, uh, and I find this is mostly with Algonquin, is uh, it's so popular that there's really no such thing anymore as an unmaintained portage. No, not, not in Algonquin. I mean, no. it's so, it's so used. Now
0: we've been on, I want to say it was Shirley Lake on the west side up this massive hill is a lake and Marcus and I decided to go one day. Okay. And yeah, there was no trail oh, going yeah? up at all. So he took the canoe up. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty steep. <laughs> uh, I took our gear, but yeah, you're, you're going through the, the bushes are snagging you down, the, the trees you're trying to get around that. Everything's stumbling. You were trying to find this other lake. Yeah. And, and there was absolutely no trail. We figured, you know what? If nobody goes to this lake, it has gotta be some off, some fishing up there. So if we... it's fed with a yeah. brook or there's yeah. a way the fish get in there. So we got up there and we checked it out, fished where the, 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 the stream was coming in and all oh, that sort okay, of yeah. stuff. Excellent. and I had a great time, except for the not catching fish part. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal getting up there. But again, there was no trail. Yeah. So you've got the canoe and you're fighting your way through the, I mean, the undergrowth is around your ankles mm-hmm. and then, you know, the bigger trees, you got the, 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 the little branches. Yes. Snagging on the canoe and yeah. stuff like that. And the other thing is with the canoe is you're scratching it. Yeah. If you're not careful. You get exactly. some of these, these branches and then i you just hear this. going the whole length yeah your canoe right that's that's one of the problems with uh doing the bushwhacking
1: it's an acquired taste the uh i've done some of these routes with the guys from work and and so it's usually it's almost always just like me and pierre the, the common denominators and then we have various people that come and go off the trips and you know we have some people that have been with us for three or four trips and some with just one or two and and, uh, but some, often, often like our trips are not that easy and we often scare people off. It's like they're no longer interested in our challenging routes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why
0: I think you should, you, you two should hook up with uh, David Lee.
1: Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, old lost canoe routes is,
0: is, is a big reason to go. You know, you're, you're thinking, well, this is the route. Yes.
1: And, and that's what me and Pierre were doing. We we're trying to find these old lost northern routes. Uh, David, David, uh, Kevin
0: Callan actually has put out a book years ago called Ontario's Lost Canoe Routes. Um, and in it, he describes like Wabakimi Provincial Park, Steel River Loops, Shaplow, Wakimi, uh, Ranger Lake, Dunlop Lake, Nabokwasi River, uh, Chinaguchi, Martin uh, Chinaguchi, River, yes. South I've River, York here. River. There's all these. Yeah, his, his book describes all these routes. Yeah. Right, their lost Ontario canoe routes, and these were popular routes for the the first peoples to to use as their their highways, how to get around. Yes, right, the portage and all. That. And then they just stopped get being used, and people have come on and say, "Well, you know what? These routes were there; they were used for for hundreds of years. They yes. still got to be."
1: And it's also, I think, there's an ebb and flow in people doing these backcountry routes like i think there was at the turn of the century there was a lot of popularity as people found that they had more spare time they were Mm -hmm. doing a lot more vacationy stuff right and but i think i don't know what it was it was would it be more of the 40s, 50s, and 60s? They w- kind of went away from this kind of thing. And there was a resurgence in the 70s, but then it went away again. And, and then, then the 80s, 90s. And right now with social media and stuff, I think there's a new resurgence because of access online to trip logs and trip reports. Oh yeah, and, and the forums and, it, the forums and, and, and if, so photos a and A lot of these things and... is like what you would never have thought of doing yeah. 10, 15 years ago is now in everybody's minds because you see so much of it. Like, you know, like Kevin Callan. like every time you turn around, he's on CBC radio or CBC TV or CTV news, or, you know, spreading so he, the word, he's of... spreading the word. Yeah. He's, he, and so he, with him doing that, and then you see where, well, we just did the, uh, first annual, uh, the uh winter an, camping uh, terry winter camping symposium and it was a hit right mm-hmm. so people are getting out there people are becoming more knowledgeable about what it is to do in the backcountry. so it's again, it, then there's a resurgence of people and i think we're going to be opening up a lot of these northern routes that have been lost you're going to see them again and and they're going to be popularized again i think you're going to see more people heading farther north
0: yes because to- places like algonquin and all that are just getting so so used. The becoming overloved, overused? Yeah. And the more people get into the canoeing, I and the and kayaking and everything, like yes. I think more people are going to start heading north, exactly farther yeah. north. Yeah, you know, in relation to where we are. It's well, Toronto it's a
1: beautiful now. country up there. Like we, like I said, we do every fall. We we try and head up north to north of Sudbury into Lady Evelyn Shearwater, Solace Lands, uh, Sturgeon River. It's it, it's a very low use area so it's there's there's so much solitude up there and yeah the country is just amazing canadian shield and the the scrub trees and the the water is fantastic well and some of the
0: the maps that i've seen denote historical points yes right? and that's another big Which thing aren't on any canoe yes. routes but there's lakes in that nearby yes so you can bushwhack from lake to lake to lake to go check out old ranger cabins or old homesteads or I know Algonquin park has, uh, you'd mentioned earlier, uh, the old prisoner of war camps, yes, stuff like that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So big historical spots, if they're on the map and you're going to have to bushwhack to get these.
1: Yeah. Right. It reminds uh, me, it was, uh, a trip with, uh, with, uh, Mike Burns this summer. We were doing this old route and we stopped where on the map it indicated an old sawmill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, So we were wandering through, we found some saws, we found some tools, just laying in the bushes, right? And we found this exposed granite rock. It was just, all it was, it was almost like a floor of a room, right? But it was just a big flat rock. And somebody had carved into it. As I recall, it was like he had hammered into it with a chisel. May 14th, 1907, I think it was? 1907? Anyway, so his name, what he was doing, the, the logging camp he belonged to, the the whatever so it was like it was an early spring thing they were probably maybe a late winter he's out bored they're between stuff and he he chiseled his name and the date and the rock it was really cool to yeah. see that right graffiti yeah and up <laughs> on silver peak there's a lot of history with silver peak yep. in uh, in um killarney so and you could see the uh, the old towermen. They would paint their names in the rock because they'd have to paint the towers, right? Yeah, they'd have some spare so paint. They would paint up. their names on the rock, so you could see their names printed on the rock. And so th- this historical stuff is, and that's what I get out of like these lost routes, these offshoots, these uh, old portage trails. It's like, what what is the interesting things I'm going to see today?
0: Yeah, and that's that's exactly now the one thing that you got to think about if you're bushwhacking is you don't really, especially an unexpected bushwhack if you're on a trip. Yes. (laughs) You don't know how long it's going to take you to get to that lake.
1: Or if you're on the right. (laughs) Or if you're on the right path. Yeah.
0: And the danger part is that you could be stuck in the middle of nowhere after dark yeah, and there's you're, risk of that. Yeah, yeah, you're all of a sudden you're having to make camp somewhere. Yes, and hopefully the next day you can continue on, and then find out you're like 50 feet from it. <laughs> but that's that's the big thing about uh, the big danger of of bushwhacking on a canoe trip is you don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know what you're going to you know run into. Like you can be on a trail and all of a sudden it disappears. Yeah. And then, okay, well, we'll continue on this way. And then all of a sudden there's a big cliff in your way. Yeah. Oops. So now you've got to, do I go right yeah. to get around it? Do I go left to get around it? you got a 50% chance of being right, a 50% chance of being
1: wrong. Yeah. Um, and the guys that I've gone with, especially with Pierre, we we stop and like we're checking constantly, like every hundred meters just to make sure. And we have maps and we have compass coordinates. And and it's it's a lot of comparisons. Like we don't just keep bulldozing through. It's like, It's calculated because, you know, there's with all the effort you're putting into it, you don't want to have to backtrack because you got lost.
0: Oh, especially like we were saying, like when you're carrying all this gear through trees and if there's scrub and all that, you got to carry it, and then you find out an hour later you've gone the wrong way.
1: Exactly, yeah. And you
0: got to carry an hour back, yeah. And then however far to go the other way.
1: And a smart thing of what we do also is like we'll just drop everything and just go with like a bottle of water and, and just kind of scout out around and do a circle of like, we'll circle our canoe and packs just to see where, where this trail could have gone to. Yeah. Right? We, we did that a
0: couple of times times uh, when I was up in woodland caribou, uh, we went up, found the spot, the, the trail, and then it just disappeared. And then all of a sudden you're doing the, the loop around look. Yeah. All of a sudden Oh, I found a spot over here. And then they followed all the way back. Yeah. And there's some logs had fallen and sort of demolished where that trail was. Yeah, so it obscured it. Yeah, so then we knew we had to get over yeah. all that, and then the trail just picked up again. But there was another time where there was, we just didn't find. Mm-hmm. And then one of us went on a beeline that way, and I was like, hey, yeah, found the mm-hmm. lake over here. Yeah. And then it was, okay, we just all, all follow sort of thing. So you really got to be careful when you're when you're bushwhacking, but... Some of the rewards that you find, like oh. inaccessible lakes and stuff that people don't go to, yeah, and, you know, like the, when was the last
1: time somebody was at this lake? Exactly, they're gems in the rough. Like there could be fantastic fishing, or this hidden beach that nobody ever sees or goes to, and it's it can be really worthwhile. It can be.
0: Um, speaking of canoeing, got to ask you a question. Okay. Kneeling or sitting?
1: <laughs> I, you know what? I, I've tried. I've tried to do the. Uh, What's the the technique called? What's the guy's name? Which he, he's the one that does all the videos for paddling canoe and there's a lot. You got to be more specific than that. <laughs> you made fun of me for not watching his videos. Oh, Bill Mason. Bill Mason. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I, I I after watching, is it Water Walker? Yeah. I, I tried a lot of those techniques, and when you did the Brent Run, yeah. I remember I was solo for that trip. And uh, I did a lot of practicing with the uh, with the kneeling position, and and it's it's interesting. There's a technique, and once you, it's really hard to get. And but once I figured out part of the technique, it was it was really interesting how easy it was to track. I had that canoe leaned way over, and it was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, it was kind of fun to uh, paddle it leaned over. But honestly, I prefer I prefer just uh, sitting in the seat. It's more comfortable.
0: Sitting in the seat is more comfortable. But
1: from what I've been reading,
0: actually kneeling is better for you is it, and it gives you better
1: control of the canoe. I agree with the better control, but I don't know better for you because I, well, it's, it all comes down to posture, my right? It hurts my ankles. Yeah. I can't but for it. your
0: back and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Kneeling in the canoe because it gives you better, because pro- you're more straight. Yeah. Do you find that when you're sitting in the seat, you start to slouch like you do in front of oh, your computer absolutely. at work?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: kneeling is actually better for you and you can move around better you can you don't twist as much because your whole body is doing the twist when you paddle while kneeling right absolutely yeah like you get your whole body into yeah. it yeah but when you're sitting you're, you're basically not, twisting from your butt
1: you're not using a lot of your core muscles yeah. like you should be
0: yeah and it uh it, it, it's i'm finding that it's really better if you start kneeling yeah you know, and the way you can kneel and, and the, the, like I say, the big thing with the kneeling is not just the, the, the physical aspect, but it's the control you have, your center lower of gravity. It, yes. Center of gravity is it, lower. You,
1: your stability, especially solo in a canoe, if you're in yep. windy or rough water, you, you're lower in the boat, you lower the center of gravity, you, you're not as tippy. So it does, it does stabilize the craft better. Right.
0: Um, you can move forward toward, especially if it's empty, mm-hmm. you can move forward towards yep. the thwart. You know, you can heal the canoe over by to the side yeah, a bit, you know, so you, exactly. you got most of it out you can, I mean, install a, a cushion or the, the foam pads. You can install a foam pad there to put your, knee, your knees on, yep. right. To help you out. Uh, you use your whole body. It's better for you. The big problem with kneeling, which I find is the feet mm-hmm. don't go under uh, when you're sitting there, you're. My feet don't fit under properly.
1: Oh, under the seat. When you're sitting in the seat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't fit under properly. So I'm always flat footed and and yeah, and it hurts the the top of the ankles, like the top of the foot. And if
1: I were to flip it, I wouldn't be able to get my feet out fast enough. (laughs) You wouldn't think so, but I've done whitewater kayaking and I've done whitewater canoeing and it's surprisingly how quickly you don't, it's not even conscious. It's just your body falls out of these spots in the canoe or kayak, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I know like when I'd go to pull my feet out, I have to actually, it
0: hurts to actually push them down to mm-hmm. try to pull them out because yeah. I get stuck under there. Uh, and the only other, I mean, when, when you're kneeling, you're actually using the front of the seat to put your butt on. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you're still using your seat. Problem with kneeling if you're on a long trip is if you've got enough gear, especially on a long trip, there's no way you can kneel. There's no room for you to kneel. No. Because I've been on trips where my feet get squeezed up or my legs get squeezed up the sides. Yeah. Right. Or I've got to cross them really close to the seat in front of me. Exactly. There's
1: just much. Yeah. And that's where you have to start reducing that, the gear you bring. Well, as I say, <laughs> if you're going on a long trip, right, mm-hmm.
0: you know, you're a week or two, then you need all that gear sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So, you know what? Sitting, hell of a lot more comfortable. Kneeling, better for you. So I, I think it's it's a preference thing mm-hmm. but if if you're looking for something that's better for you, better for your canoeing it's a comfort thing. And they, people even go into the the whole scientific physics thingy of the paddle. Oh yeah. Sitting versus yeah. versus kneeling. So I don't I'll I'll sit when I can, I'll kneel when I can and <laughs> play it by ear. It changes
1: the canoe strokes. It really does.
0: Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Welcome back. That's the end of our show this week, Derek. Uh, For those that are listening, you can find us on paddlingadventuresradio.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Past episodes are on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page on our our, uh, Paddling Adventures radio page. Uh, Keep your ears and eyes open for the next coming month, I guess. We're going to start talking about the Canoe Symposium in the spring and the Real Paddling Film Festival. Like to thank everybody for listening. I'm Sean Rowley.
1: and I'm Derek Best. We'll see you next time.